Jesus Christ resurrected to redeem, amen, to buy you back. And lastly, to restore. Somebody shout, restore me. That is what God is trying to do in this season, especially now in the time that we're living in. God is trying to restore his preeminent presence in our lives. He's trying to make sure that he is priority. Somebody shouts priority. Seek ye the kingdom of God. Where my Bible readers at? Seek ye the kingdom of God. Let's start there. Seek ye the kingdom of God. First, hold up, don't we can't get to his righteousness until we first seek his kingdom. Seek the kingdom of God. Say it louder. You got to see God says I got to be priority. Put me first ahead above all things. Make me first. I don't want to be second to your wife. I don't want to be second to your kids. I don't want to be second to your career. Watch this. I don't want to be second to your desires, your own dreams, your own ambition, your own motives, the things that you want, the things that you don't want. I want to be. God's trying to restore us back to that position. Watch where we were seeking him first. He's trying to take us back. Thank Donald Lawrence for this. He said, we got to get back to eating. Hallelujah. Got to get back to the first spot where we chilled out with God in the cool of the day. We ain't worried about nothing else. We ain't worried about lion, tigers, bears, oh my, nothing. That's all we had was God's presence in the Garden of Eden. And God says, I'm trying to restore back to where things was at first where you weren't concerned about nothing but being in my presence nothing else God I desire that we could get back to that place where there's nothing else but your presence nothing else but your presence restoration somebody shout restoration Muhammad Ali was one of my favorite fighters for those of you who don't know me but and seeing me for the first time, amen, I used to be an amateur boxer, amen, I know I don't look like it, amen, but up under all these clothes is a mound of power and muscle, and hey, now I ain't supposed to be laughing at that, but, but, but back in the day, you know, I should throw them hands, y'all, amen, I was a bad mamma jamma, hallelujah. Thank you, sis. But Muhammad Ali was one of my favorite fighters. And Muhammad Ali, amen, when he fought George Foreman out in the Congo of Africa, amen, Ali was, uh, he was a bad boy. He, he did this when he got into Africa, amen, the, the Bantu of the Congo of Africa, the, the tribe of Bantu would, would yell out these words, boom, bye, Ali, boom, bye, Ali kill him they, they will shout this Ali when you get in the ring with George Foreman Ali boom bye kill him this became his mantra this, this was the thing that every time Ali would get in the same space and place that Foreman was they would shout out oh, Ali boom bye and then Ali would say I'm the greatest and then he would say, every time he would get in the presence of a former, he would say, the champ is here. The champ is here. The champ is here. And he would get in front of Foreman in the midst of all of the cameras flashing and everybody watching. Amen. Watch. He was declared he was the champ before they even fought the battle. He would declare he was great before he even came great. The champ is here. He would yell out, I am the greatest. Somebody shout, I'm the greatest. So much so, he believed in himself so much that even the people bought into his own belief. <laughs> see, that's how you got to be. You got to have enough faith in God that people around you see your faith in action. To where they get to the point where now when you show up, they say, uh, Keith, boom, bye, <laughs> I mean, just put your name right there. Whatever your name is, just put your name there and say, boom, bye, 
They, they, they had so much confidence in what he was saying that they started believing it themselves. Ali, boom, bye, yay. Say, I'm the greatest, and everybody believed him to be so. Why? Just because he said it. That's the power of God's word is, is that God's word is so powerful. Amen. If you have faith in what God says, that watch people around you will believe what you believe. You are the testimony of God's glory and his power. Oh, God, I'm going to say that again. You are the testimony of God, of his glory and his power. That when people see your faith in action, amen, they'll believe what you believe. You know why? Because they see their faith in work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to the word because y'all ain't shouting yet. First John, first John, chapter number four, verse number four. First John, chapter number four, verse number four. Grab also Galatians chapter number two, verse number two. Galatians chapter number two, verse number two. Uh, chapter number two, verse number 20. Amen. When you have it, stand to your feet for the reading of God's word on today. First John chapter number four, verse number four. Uh, Brother Casey, grab my clicker off the desk, sir. Thank you. Uh, Galatians chapter number two, verse number 20. As we go towards our faith confession, as we make this declaration every week. Amen. All standing. If you still look and stand while you look. Amen. Make everybody think you're a Bible scholar. Amen. But you got to it real fast. Hallelujah. All standing if you would. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. First John chapter number four, verse number four. Galatians chapter number two, verse number 20. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. We're good and connected, Nick. You know what? I think the USB is unplugged. Plug it into that PC. Amen. First John chapter number four. Let's go to our faith confession. Amen. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My mind is ready. My spirit is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Ooh. Tell your neighbor, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That neighbor didn't believe you. Tell your other neighbor, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. No coronavirus shall come near my home. No coronavirus will come near my neighbor. Will come near my church. Will come near my job. Will come near my city will come near my state. Come on, it won't come to the nation. You got to begin to de- see that's the problem. That's why we're faced with it now because the church wouldn't open its mouth and say something. If we would have declared the word of God beforehand, then we won't have the happenstance or the troubles that we go through now. Amen. You are the barrier and the buffer. Yeah. I say you are the barrier and the buffer. From hurt, harm, and calamity. Can I just tell you something? Take a sidebar and put a pin right there. Amen. The only reason why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed by fire, amen, was because there was nobody in the city righteous enough to hold back the fire. Oh, y'all thought it was because of a bunch of homosexuals around there. No. The reason why they got destroyed, because there wasn't one righteous. The whole city, watch this, of Nineveh, the people who, who, who hearts were filled with wickedness. God sent Jonah to Nineveh. Amen. He was about to destroy Nineveh, but he sent one righteous man to declare the gospel. And the Bible says that when uh, Jonah showed up, he preached the gospel throughout the city 40 days, and then the whole city repented. And God spared Nineveh. 
He would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah if there was one righteous. How do I know? Because watch this. Abraham negotiated with God. God, if there's 50, God, if there's 40, God, if there's 30, God, if there's 20, God, if there's 10, would you spare it? God says, I'll spare it. But watch. Why didn't he spare it? Because he couldn't find. But then when one showed up in the city, there was a dome of protection over the city. That when one righteous man stepped in, the angel of death had to step back and say, hold up, I can't do nothing yet. You don't know how much power you have as the righteousness of God. That when you show up on the scene, every impending death, every hurt, harm, and calamity, he got to step back and say, wait a minute, I can't do nothing until the righteous leave. <laughs> Glory. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you show up, the garment of righteousness shows up. So they don't see you, sir. They see what you draped in. <laughs> when you show up, they don't see you. They see the garments of what you're wearing. Your whole appearance changes when you become the righteousness of God. That's how we're able to stand in the presence of God because the Bible declares this, that no man, your righteousness is as filthy as rags in God's presence. So you know what God did? He did you a makeover. He gave you new garments. You now are radiant, adorned in the robes of righteousness. When you show up, you look like Jesus. So when the deaf angel comes, he don't see you. He see Jesus standing there. <laughs> Y'all missed that. He's like, I can't do nothing because Jesus here. And he backs away. So when no sickness nor disease shall come near your home, what it's saying is that there's a righteous one in that house. I'll preach to another crowd later because y'all ain't. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. Thank you, Father. Mm -hmm. Move me, Nick. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror, I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Shout again, wealth and riches shall be in my house. Prophesy that over your neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be over your house. Tell it to your other neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Shout, I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My church is blessed. I'm blessed. Now shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. First John chapter number four, verse number four declares unto us, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you. You have overcome them because you have the great one living on the inside of you. Then he that is in the world, who have you overcome? We have to bag up to three, amen, to get to four. Hallelujah. We got to go backwards in order to go forward. It says, every spirit <laughs> that confesseth not that Jesus is come in flesh is not of God. That is they that you have overcome. You hadn't overcome your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your haters, amen, your backstabbers. You have overcome every spirit that have not confessed that Jesus is Lord. Stop fighting your neighbor. I know y'all been standing, but I'm going to be standing longer than you, so suffer with me a while. But you have overcome the world that has not proclaimed every spirit that has not proclaimed that Jesus is Lord. You overcome them. And this is what the spirit 
is it is the Antichrist spirit. Wherefore, ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. But guess what? Don't be moved because we already overcome it. People are afraid that this is the end of times. What you're afraid of? You've overcome it. You have victory already. What you scared to your neighbor? Don't be scared. Oh, it's the end of the world. Great. Because at the end of the world is the coming of Christ. Y'all don't want to pray that way. Ye of God, you little children, have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Galatians chapter number 2, verse number 20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. You're a dead man walking in Christ. You're a corpse with legs moving. Hallelujah. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Father, now in the name of Jesus, as we declare your word in this brief time that we have together, let your eternal word, God, have an internal impact upon our lives. Let those who are far away be drawn yet even the closer. And Father, those, Father, who have wandered away, God, Bring them back today. For those who have slipped, Lord God, into the miry clay, into the, uh, the abyss of darkness, God, shine your light and draw them out. Father, for everyone whose heart is filled with pride, Father, break that spirit now. Break the spirit, God. For, for the one that say, I don't need Christ, I don't need church, God, deal with their hearts now. Do it, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give your neighbor an elbow on your way down to your seat. Say the champ, the champ is here. The champ, the champ is here. Amen. While you're talking, go ahead and prophesy over your situation right now. Uh, uh, if there's sickness in your body, say the champ is here. If, if there's lack in your life, say the champ is here. Amen. If there's uh, no peace in your life, prophesy the champ is here. If there's uh, no thing that in your life that is settled and established, you might as well prophesy and say the champ is here. Hallelujah. You got to learn to open up your mouth and speak over your situation. Good God Almighty. The champ is here. Somebody make that declaration in the atmosphere right now. Say the champ is here. Hallelujah. And Muhammad Ali, watch this. He was stated as saying, he was quoted as saying, I am the greatest. I said this before I even knew it. He began to call himself great before he even knew himself to be great. He said, I'm the greatest, and that became his mantra. Everywhere he went, he would declare those words that I am the greatest. See, we got to have a champion mindset. What is the champion mindset? A champion mindset is, from a champion's point of view, is they don't see victory in the midst of the battle. They see victory before the battle even begins. Hallelujah. That's a champion mindset. That's the mindset that Christ had. Christ had a champion mindset. He knew he was victorious even before the battle was fought. Before he even was hung high, stretched wide on the cross, he was already victorious. He knew it. He knew it. How do I know so? Because he told the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he told Pontius Pilate, he said, if you destroy this temple... In three days, I'll resurrect it. That's victorious. That's the mindset of a champion. Listen, if you knock me down, I'm going to get back up again. <laughs> if you come after my family, I'm coming. Out. That's the champion. I'm trying to. Y'all quiet. It's a champion mindset that you cannot declare victory. Amen. In the midst of the battle, well, you got to see victory before you even go into the battle. Because while you're in the midst of the battle, you're going to take some bumps, some bruises. You're going to take some ooches and some owies. You're going to take some licks. Amen. And you're not going to see victory in the midst of a battle sometimes. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all quiet. Sometimes when you're going through it, you, just, you can't even see your way out. You're still trying to figure out how you got in it, let alone try to figure out how to get out of it. But before the battle... You got to go in with the mindset, I'm going in and I'm coming out. 
Before the battle even started, you got to see yourself standing on top of the mountain with your hands lifted high, giving God glory for the victory. Watch this. Before the battle even starts. You got to have that type of mindset. When you wake up in the morning, today going to be victorious. Good God Almighty. When you wake up in the morning, you got to declare over your day, I don't care what happens, what comes my way, I got the victory. I got the victory. You got to say it before it happens. Because if you're waiting in the midst of, amen, you're going to give your problem more praise than the God who, y'all quiet. You're going to give your problem more praise than the God who can bring you out of the problem. You're going to be calling, girl, I'm going through it again, girl. What's going on? You know, Bobby, he cutting up again, girl. I don't know. I think I'm going to go ahead and file that divorce. I got the paperwork already. I just hadn't done it. Yeah, but this time I think it's going to be it. Then I'm going to go ahead and do it. Amen. But three years ago, you was at the altar until death, y'all cry. Amen. Five years before that, girl, I found the one. He the man of my dreams. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're declaring, girl, I think if he proposed, I'm going to say yes. You were all in it to win it back then. But right in the midst of the storm and the turbulent times, amen, you lost sight of what your declaration was on the beginning. You lost sight of what you had declared from the start. You said for till death do us part through good times and bad times. You said all of that. See, you were declaring victory, but you forgot your declaration. You forgot that when you got that job, you was on your knees sawing and praying and fasting for that job. Amen. You were asking God for that job. God, this is my dream job. I want this job. God, if you give me this job, God, I promise I'm going to give you glory. I'm going to be a witness on this job. I'm going to declare the gospel to people. God, if you give me this job, God, I'm going to ask for Sundays also. I can go and worship you, God. I'm going to ask Tuesdays also. I can go to Bible study. God, if you give me this job, God, I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm going to give my tithes and my offering, God. I'm going to do all this, God. I'm going to bless people. Amen. Give me this job. And then you get the job and forget all about what you said. Forgot about your declaration. Now you just take any schedule that they give you. I got to get this money. (laughs) God knows my. See, y'all said it too. Look at y'all telling yourself. You know, and you forgot your declaration. You, you forgot that you said, God, I'm going to honor you on this job. You forgot, God. You forgot that you asked God for the job. Now you have all trials and tribulations on the job. They got people that don't like you. You don't know why on your job. You got a boss that's getting on your last nerve. He don't treat you fair. He mean. He honored. He cussed you out from time to time. And you, you just forgot the fact that you said, God, that's the job I wanted. Because sometimes with the blessings comes problems. <laughs> And you can't forget the fact that it was a blessing, even with problems. I hear you, Holy Ghost. And watch, God promised the children of Israel the land of Canaan, but the problem with the promise is that they had giants in the, in the land. So the promise had problems. There were giants in the land. But wait a minute, God. You're promising us the land, but the land is filled with inhabitants, and they were giants. And the giants don't like us. they Philistines. Philistines didn't like the children of Israel. So sometimes the problem or the promise will come with problems. But you have to endure the problem. Watch this to enjoy the promise. When I do weddings, one of the things I like to submit to the wedding couple is, is that unto the husband, I make this statement in regards to his bride. Today, you're being handed a very beautiful flower. This flower is radiant. It will bloom and blossom if you handle it with care. If you nurture it and cultivate it, it will grow and become even more radiant and beautiful. But This beautiful flower has many shades of colors. One month, it'll be one color. 
the next month, it'll be another. Come on, ladies, you know what I'm talking about. Man, you know what I'm talking about. Some, sometime of that month, you're like, Lord Jesus. That special time of the month when her cousins show up. But watch. In order to enjoy this beautiful flower, this flower, I have to warn you, come with thorns. You enjoy the beauty, but you also have to endure the pain. So be careful how you handle this flower because you can gaze at its beauty, but if you handle it and hold it the wrong way, you're going to endure some pain. But you got to endure the pain if you're going to endure the blessing of the promise of that rose. So sometimes in life, you're going to have some promises, but those promises are going to be laced with problems. Some of y'all asked for kids, and you didn't know those kids was going to be a big payback for all the hell you gave your parents. I ain't got but, but two parents in here that know what I'm talking about. But you forgot you asked for that baby. Now that baby giving you all kind of grief. The baby is a promised blessing, but it has problems. Are you hearing me? So we have to begin to declare victory over our situation before the situation even starts. Somebody shout the champ is here. So we see in the life of David, we know this account so well. Amen. It's been preached time and time again, over and over again. But I want to give you some life in the text on today. First Samuel. Amen. In first Samuel. Uh, chapter number 16, verse number one, first Samuel chapter number 16, verse number one <clears throat> declares to us these words. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him? Anybody have experienced any rejection in their lives? I have rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil. Some of you today, you have run dry because you have not been replenished of the oil. You used to be so oily, <laughs> but now you're dry because you have poured out and poured out and you have not yet been refilled. Especially in a season like this where we're sitting at home and we don't have no interaction. We really don't have a devotion with God. Amen. Watch this. In this season, we have run dry. That's why some of you came here today because you, your, your car light was on, the, the all, check all, engine light was on because you didn't have no oil. You thought it was your car, but really the Holy Spirit was saying that's you. You kind of low. Some of y'all need to check the dipstick today and see what the level is. And he says, take your horn and fill it with oil and watch this and be on your way. You got to get moving when you get refilled. You don't sit on your all. Good God Almighty, I said something. Don't, don't sit on your all. Your all is meant to be moved. Your all is meant to be poured out. Some of you are sitting on the power and the anointing of the all flowing in your life, and you ain't doing nothing with it. Some of y'all are the best pew warmers that a church could. Y'all quiet up in here. I didn't mean to mess with you today, but some of y'all are the best pew warmers a church could ask for. You're just sitting there doing nothing. Don't cause no problem to nobody. You ain't biting nobody. You ain't backbiting nobody. You're just sitting there. But watch, you're sitting on the all. You're sitting on the all. And eventually, your oil will lose its velocity. Uh, uh, viscosity is what's called. It is what the oil is made up of. <laughs> so pretty soon you're full, but it has no value. It has weight and substance, but it has no value. And some of you in church today, you're just sitting there, ain't doing nothing. <laughs> you're talking loud, ain't saying nothing. Hallelujah. And he says, take your horn and fill it with oil and be on your way. Somebody shout, be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. Bethel, the house of God. Bethel, the house of God. Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You got to follow the instructions. Tell your neighbor, follow the instructions. 
You are to anoint for me the one that I indicate. Follow the text very carefully. God gives him an instruction. Go and anoint one. Watch. The one that I indicate. Underline that statement that I indicate. Go and anoint the one I'm telling you to anoint. Samuel did what the Lord said. And when he had arrived at Bethlehem, the, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, do you come in peace? Boy, if we would have a fear and trembling of the presence of God when it shows up. Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Jesse was an elder in the town. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Verse number six. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stand before me. Surely it has to be the one that God has sent me to anoint. Surely, this has to be the one. This got to be the one. Somebody shout, this got to be the one. Verse 7 says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. See, Samuel forgot the instruction. The instruction was, I will indicate the one. That you are to anoint. The instruction was. Don't use your own natural eyes. Don't use your own opinion. About who I'm going to choose. I'm talking to somebody right now. Don't, don't, don't let your eyes. Be the one to be the indicator. Don't let what you know about him. About her. Be the indicator of what I'm about to do. In their lives. Don't be, uh, don't be looking at the one. Who you heard some stuff about. But you really don't know it to be true. Don't use your own personal opinion. To point to the one who I'm anoint. Don't you look at them at that pedigree, pedigree and degrees and all they have. Don't look at their titles, where they come from. I don't care if they're from Bird Station or Scotlandville. I don't care if they're from the south at the bottom. I don't care where they're from. Don't you look at none of that. I'm going to tell you who I want to anoint. And see, the thing about Eliab is, Eliab's name means that he... he God's presence is there. So even his name, his stature, and everything you look at, at Eliab's life, his name means God, his father. You look at his name and you think, God, he got to be the one. His very name means that God is his father. He got the height, the stature. He got all of the look. I mean, he handsome and, you know, she all that. She, she got to be the one, God said. Don't look at the outer. For I judge by the inner. So he had the appearance. So then Jesse called Abinadad. Abinadad means father of generosity. Father of nobility. So I'm sure at this point Samuel's like, God, you call me down here. Uh, really, if Saul find out, I'll be killed. So I'm out here on an assignment sent by you to do what you asked me to do. And I can't even find the one. So he brings up another. After Abinadad had passed in front of him, but Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse had another son. His name was Shammah. Shammah passed, but Samuel said, nor the Lord has chosen this one. Shammah means astonishment, and the Lord is there. And still that wasn't the one. You know what I'm talking about, ladies. Sometimes a good man is hard to find. I guess all y'all got men in here, huh? Amen. Like the Marines say, just looking for a few good men. Hallelujah. And he said, this is not the one as well. So Jesse had seven of his sons passed before Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen these. And so he asked Jesse, are there, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest. 
Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. Can I tell you something? The party won't start until you show up. Good God Almighty. Some should have got excited right there because the party won't start until you show up. There's some things God won't do until you show up to do it. There's some places God is going to bring you. The party won't stop until you show up. Some sickness won't delete or leave until you show up. There's some, watch this, there's some poverty that won't be broken until you're birthed into the family line that is filled with poverty. There's some things in your family bloodline that has been happening year after year after year from generation to generation and it won't stop until you show up there's some generational curses that's been plaguing your family they won't end until you come out of your mother's birth to them until you show up there's some jobs some businesses about to go bankrupt and watch this they won't survive until you hire y'all quiet you show up and the whole thing turn around. Hallelujah. There's some neighborhoods that's going down. Just, but you show up, the whole neighborhood change. Y'all quiet. The champ is here. The champ is here. That when you show up, things begin to shift and change. There's some atmospheres that's going to shift and change when you show up. When you show up, things go change. When you show up, that's some dead churches that's going to come alive. When you join in with that church, they're going to wake up like, Lord, we hadn't felt this in years. The glory and the power and of God is moving in this place. Why? Because this one showed up. Hallelujah. There's some people that's going to hear your music. And their lives going to change. Because you showed up. God going to sing you to places and platforms. That's going to shift atmospheres when you show up. When you show up, you're going to be carrying the all of God. He got him out of here. You're going to be carrying the all and these dry places, amen, are going to be saturated with the glory and the power and the presence of God. Why? Because God is waiting for you to show up. The season of procrastination is over with for you. You've been sitting on the gift too long. Sitting on the songs that God has been giving you in your private prayer time, worshiping God. God says you've been sitting on it too long. Now it's time to release it into the atmosphere. Waiting on you. You the butterfly effect. Amen. God's waiting for you to release so that a ripple will take place in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. So he said, Jesse, he said, we won't sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and he had brought him and he was glowing with health. He had a fine appearance. He was handsome with features like Pastor Keith. Amen. Y'all still laughing. Stop laughing. (laughs) Then the Lord said, arise. The champ is here. (laughs) You can get up now. Why? Because the champ has showed up. Arise and anoint him. This is the one. Somebody shout, I am the one. Said, arise and show up. So Samuel took the horn of all and he anointed him in the presence, watch this, of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Rejection is nothing more than a necessary step in the pursuit of success. I'm going to say that again. Rejection is nothing but a step. In the pursuit of success. Some places had to reject you. (laughs) And watch this. Some rejections are just meant for your protection. God rejected you in some places because God was trying to protect you. God rejected you on some jobs because he was trying to protect you from a layoff. He was trying to protect you from a bankruptcy. He was trying to protect you from some criminal thing that was about to take place. God rejected you. You ought to be happy. Some rejections were meant for protection. You ought to be glad that he or she rejected you at the altar. Because God was going to save you for years from years and years of heartache and pain. Hallelujah. Some of y'all need to go back to your ex-spouses and say thank you. Amen. Help us, Holy Ghost. 
We're going to get enough courage. Some of y'all going to be dialing numbers. I see y'all texting some people right now. Thank you. Matter of fact, y'all to go do that right now. Just text me. Thank you. For what? Don't worry about it. Just thank you. You happier now? Amen. You healthier now? Because some of those relationships were just too toxic. <laughs> yeah. some, of, some of the relationships were just too toxic. You ought to thank God that he freed you from that toxic relationship. Amen. Just tell him thank you. Amen. Most fears of rejection rest on a desire for approval from other people. Don't base your esteem on their opinions of you. Most of your fears of rejection is because you're looking for approval. So now you base your whole esteem based upon what other people think about you. And here it is. David is rejected by his own father. Now, this could have been something that was so disastrous to David and his mindset and his psyche. It's like y'all having a party and you didn't even invite me. You give me one of the most uh, horrific jobs. You got me out there tending sheep. I got to shovel poop while my brothers prepare for war. They get to go to battle and I got to stay at home and watch the sheep. You know, sheep are stanky. They don't smell good. Gave him a stanky job. You talk about rejection. And then you're going to throw a party and don't even invite me? You don't even consider me for the anointing? You're going to parade everybody else and you're going to forget about me? Talk about rejection. You talk about feeling unloved by your own family. And then watch this. You project your rejection towards me to a total stranger. You let the world know that you don't like me. <laughs> you invited all of my brothers and didn't invite me. You letting the world see our family issues and troubles. Y'all quiet. So Samuel took the all, and he poured it upon David. And from that day forth, the anointing was on him. Can I tell you something else? I hope this bless you. Before every battle, God will anoint you for that battle. I'm going to say that again. Before every battle, God will anoint you before that battle. Now here it is. David is being anointed. Had no idea he was going to have to face an adversary ten times his size in Goliath. But whatever you're about to face, God will always make sure you are anointed first before you face it. He will always make sure that you're prepped and prepared, that you have everything you need to go to war before the war even starts. That's why you got to de- begin to declare victory over your life before you even go through hardship and trials and tribulations. Because God will always anoint you before the battle begins. Somebody shout, I'm the anointed one. Tell your neighbor, I'm anointed for this. Yeah, yeah, I tell myself that every day I'm anointed for this. When I go through trials and tribulations, I'm anointed for this. I was built for this. I was born for this. Every trial and tribulation I go through, God, you created me for this thing. Everything I go through in life, God, you created me to handle this thing. You created me for victory, God. I know no defeat in you, God. I was made for this. I'm anointed for this. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. God, I'm anointed for this thing. I'm anointed for this. I don't care how many people show up. I'm anointed for this. I don't care how many people leave. I'm anointed for this. I'm anointed for this. I'm anointed for this. God, you birthed me in this season at this time in this dispensation because you have anointed me to go through this. He will always anoint you before the battle begins. That's why you can shout before the battle is over because you already know the end of the story. I've already run. I already won. I call it giving God pre-praise. Praise on layaway. Just go ahead and put it out there now. God, I'm, I, I just put it out there now. Just praise him right now. Hallelujah. So here it is. Let's go. The champ is here. He always anoint you 
before every battle. Everyone falls, but the only difference is champions get up. Everybody going to stumble and fall. But a champion gets back up again. Champion gets back up. Some battles are won in the obscurity of darkness. I'm going to say that again. Some battles are won in the obscurity of darkness. David won battles on the backside of the wilderness that nobody saw. He fought lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. And nobody saw him fighting. He won some battles where the world couldn't see. Watch. It was just training ground in the private so that when God submit him publicly, he'll be well equipped to go through. And watch this. He'll be equipped enough to give God glory in the midst of it all because he had a story to tell. Y'all know when he stood before Saul. Saul said, listen, I got this, this equipment. Put it on. If you're going to face Goliath, what, what, you little boy, what? What makes you think you can be Goliath? But listen, I fought a lion. I fought a bear. I've I, I done some stuff. You hadn't seen it, but I've done it. You don't know who's standing before Oh, God, I feel you. You don't know who's standing before you. Tell your neighbor, you don't know who's standing before you. Uh, you don't know who's sitting next to you. You don't know all the hell I've been through, all the scars and all the pain that I took, all the knives I took in my back. You don't know all the persecution the people have said about me, all the lies they said about me, all the stuff they done to me, all the stuff. You don't know who I am. You don't know. David said, I fought lion, tigers, bears. Now, now watch. He said, one time a lion came and took one of my sheep and I grabbed him by the tail and snatched the lamb out of his mouth. That's a bad boy. It's a bad boy. You know the problem with trying to grab a lion by the tail is that his head is still mobile. Turn around. So I grabbed him and took the sheep out of his mouth. You don't know who's standing before you. Watch this. True champions are like seeds. When they're buried, they only gain strength. You ain't nothing but a seed. And when Satan comes to bury you, you ain't going to do nothing but gain strength. Because watch. A seed in the ground is being placed in its purpose. To release its fullest potential. So when Satan comes to bury you in the ground, that's only a moment for you to gain strength. Well, I felt my help come on right there. That some of you right now, they're trying to put dirt over you right now. I'm coming as a grave digger to dig you up. They're trying to cover you and bury you, but the, real, but the realization is they're not burying you, they're planting you. They thought they were coming to bury you, but they're really putting you in the ground. They thought they were putting you in a place to die, but really you were being placed in your purpose to release your fullest potential. Some of you got released from your job. You, you did not get fired. You got released into purpose. Hallelujah. The champ is here. Christ died as a seed. And he rose victorious. David is a type and shadow of Christ. The battles that we know not of, the Bible says it this way, there are so many miracles that the books couldn't even contain. There are so many battles Christ fought on our behalf that we don't even know. The difference, though, between, between Christ and everyone else who proclaimed to be Christ is that when he got knocked down, he got back up again. <laughs> he got knocked down, but he got back up again. Can I tell you something? There were a lot of people who got resurrected in the Bible. Christ wasn't the only one. There was a, uh, some soldiers carrying one of their friends, and they were running, and they threw his body because he was getting heavy and they couldn't run fast enough. So they threw his body in a cave. The man was dead, and they threw his body in the cave. And in that cave was the bones of Elijah. And they took the dead man, and they threw him in the cave. 
They threw one dead man on another dead man. But the dead man that they threw his body on, he still had all. And they threw his body on his body. But the body had all on it. And when they threw the dead man's body on the dead man's body that had all on it, the dead man that they threw on him came alive. <laughs> and they threw him in dead, but he woke up running out alive. Good God Almighty. The difference between Jesus is that every other champion fell, but he's the only one that got back up again. Because he had all on the inside of him. He got that all. Tell your neighbor, I got that all. I got that all. Tell your neighbor, prophesy with them. Say, you shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. You shall live and not die. Corona won't take you out. Corona won't kill you. You're going to live and not die. Why? Because you got the oil on you. You're going to live and not die. Why? Because the oil is flowing. You're going to live and not die. Why? Because the anointing of God is flowing on my life. I'm going to live and not die. Because I was born, I was anointed for this. You can't take me out now, Corona. I'm anointed for this. You can't kill me now. The oil is still fresh and flowing in my life. You can't kill me now. There's still things that God has declared and decreed that I shall be and become. I can't go now until it's all said and done. I can't leave until it's all said and done. I was born for this. The champ is here. The champ is here. The champ is here. Anointed for this battle. Fought many battles. And I'm gaining strength. Tell your neighbor, I'm gaining strength. In my closing, Muhammad Ali fights Foreman. He beats Foreman. Years later, one of the most feared boxers that the world has ever known, Mike Tyson, in the 80s, he fights this no-name guy, a last-minute stand-in called Buster Douglas. And in the eighth round, Tyson hits him with the uppercut and lays him to the mat. But Buster Douglas found enough strength to get back up again. I want to declare somebody today, you got sucker punched by life, you got knocked down, don't stay down, get back up again. Somebody today, you going through it right now, life that hit you with a right cross and a left hook, get up again, get up again, get up again, get up again, don't stay down, get up again. The world is watching, beloved, get back up again. The world is waiting, get back up again, but here's the better part of that. He beats the eight count. He makes it through the round. A couple rounds later, he's fighting Tyson, who's the world champion. Everybody feared Tyson. Tyson, I'm the greatest. I'm the, I'm the, the best in the whole world. I'm the baddest. I'm the baddest. Nobody can beat me. And Buster Douglas hits him with a flurry of punches. That left Tyson dazed on his knees, searching for his mouthpiece. Somebody shout, the champ is here. Buster Douglas had a champion mindset that no matter how many times I get knocked down, I'm getting back up again. I don't care how many devils I face, I'm getting back up again. I don't care how many blows I receive, I'm getting back up again. I don't care what I go through, I'm getting back up again. I failed a couple times, but I'm getting back up again. I had some slip-ups and some mess-ups, but I'm going to get back up again. Champion mindset. Left Tyson scrambling for his mouthpiece. Couple points and I'm done. When I was boxing, our coach told us, if you ever knock down, the first thing you ever do is look to me. Y'all missed that. My coach said, Chris, he said, if you ever get knocked down, the first thing I need you to do is look for me. If you ever hit the mat, before you get up, look for me. Y'all not getting this yet. If you ever go through a test or a trial, if you ever go through something, before you look 
to FEMA. Before you look to the government, before you look to your friends or your family, before you look to anything or anybody else, look to me. Look to me. Look to me. He said the next thing is, watch this. If you ever get knocked down, don't be so quick to jump back up. Some of you, y'all got hit by Satan and you try to jump back to your feet and look all cool. You know how it was when you was in school if you ever tripped in the courtyard and you fell over something, you hit the ground, you jumped up. And you looked around to see who was looking, trying to play it off. He said, don't try to get up too quick. Take your time. Because if you try to get up too quick, sometimes you get up in a daze. Say, take your time. Here's the third thing. He said, take a knee. Y'all missed that. He said, look to me first. Take your time. And then, or better yet, Or better yet. First thing, look to me, take your time, take a knee. The last thing my coach told me, God bless his soul, see rest in heaven now. He said this last thing, he said wait for the eight count. Wait for the eight count before you get back to your feet. Wait for the eight count. Stay down long enough on one knee. Watch this so that you can hear what God has to say to you. Stay long, stay down long enough so you can hear what God has to say about you. You a champion. You better than this. You got this. He got you this time, but when you get up again, you better than this. Tell, tell yourself the champ is here. Tell yourself, I got this. Tell yourself, I'm more than a conqueror. Tell yourself, I'm more than victorious. Tell yourself, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Wait out the eight count so I can talk to you. Without the eight count. Without the eight count. Without the eight count. So when you get back up again this time, you know who you are in me. You know you're built better than what you look like right now. You're stronger than you feel like right now. You're smarter than you recognize. You're better than this. You're better than this. You're better than this. You're better than this. You you trained too hard for this. You fasted too long for this. You prayed hard for this. You sold a lot for this. You, you served a lot. You're better than this. You, you're better than this. I'm better than this. The champ is here. You got to, I felt like preaching to somebody today. You got to, this is an encouragement to you today. You're better than what you are. You're better than this. Don't give up. Don't let the devil move you off your post. You're better than this. Over some little light thing. You don't let the devil get victory out of your life over some small thing. You better than that. Tell yourself, I'm better than this. Father, now in the name of Jesus, I declare in this place, God, there are champions in this house. We will unleash them into the atmosphere. We loose them, God, into environments. 
where demons will tremble at the sound and the sight. Demons will flee, not because of them, God, but because of what is on and in them. So we unleash, God, champions from this place. And I declare victory in their lives now. In Jesus' mighty name. Beloved, with your head still bowed, if you're here today, living a life of defeat, a life of separation from Jesus Christ, Yeshua Hamashiach, the chosen anointed one, the one who died, bled, and was buried and resurrected for your sake, if you're living a life far from him today, I want to introduce you to him, give you an opportunity to accept him, whether you're viewing by way of live stream or here in the sanctuary. Today is the day for you to make a decision. He's already made a way. The price has already been paid. That's all you have to do is show up and receive. If that's you today. I'm going to pray after that prayer. I want you to make a decision. Make a decision. Make a decision. Father, now in the name of Jesus, touch each and every heart. Touch those, God. Shine light upon the darkness in their heart. Every dark thing, every accursed thing that they have placed their hand to, every decision they have made, God, Father, that has gone against your will and your desire for their lives, Father. Father, today, Father, draw them back now. Do it now, God. Do it now, God. Do it now, God. Do it now, God. In the name of Jesus. If you want to make a decision today, head still bow, just... Amen. Lift up your head. Make eye contact with me and just slip your hand in the air. Don't put it down till I acknowledge you. If you're here in the sanctuary, amen, just pick your head up, shoot your hand up and put it down. When I acknowledge, if that's you today, making a decision. If that's you today, thank you, Father. God, we bless you.